Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, your life improvement series starts now. Hey friends, welcome to Heal Squad All-Stars, where you get to hear from our top guests. Think of it as a cheat sheet to a better you. All of the best takeaways from the top experts in one show. This Heal Squad All-Star episode centers around the fascinating world of brain rewiring, personal growth, and harnessing the immense power of your mind with two incredible guests who I love who are helping millions of people unlock their full potential. First up, we have the renowned cognitive neuroscientist and best-selling author, Dr. Caroline Leaf. Then spiritual teacher, best-selling author, motivational speaker, and my dear friend, Gabby Bernstein. Have your notebooks out and get ready to heal, my friends. This edition of Heal Squad All-Stars starts now. Just think of it like this. Your brain is always changing. By whatever you are thinking or eating or putting in your body or onto your body is changing your brain. If it's good stuff, it's changing your brain and body for the better. And if it's bad stuff, it is changing your brain and body for the negative. So there's physical um, alterations in the actual neural structures. And in the chemistry, it gets imbalanced. And all of that together affects hormones. So there's always a down regulation. In other words, there's always an effect on the rest of the body. It's never isolated to the brain because the brain controls the body. So whatever's happening in the brain is happening Covering in the gut, the in the heart, in everywhere else. Everywhere. So so, everywhere so, gets affected. So let's move on to the the, the, the the solution to this, which you say is the five steps you know, of the neurocycle. It was one of the ways. Can we can we talk about like let's get into the good news of how we can fix how we can yes, clean up our messy heads. Otherwise, we can heads. get kind of depressed from the the negatives. So. <laughs> well, it's good to know, but now no, it's, it's like it's let's get important. to work. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it's very important, and I, I think maybe that the easiest way to understand the neurocycle is to quickly just um, in, start that answer by telling you that when we get something like anxiety and depression and panic attacks, that that's very normal. It's And they're not it's, they're not diseases. And this is a really important point because then just the neurocycle will make a lot of sense. So when someone um, says they feel anxious and depressed, frustrated, irritated, panic attacks, it doesn't mean you have a broken brain. It does mean your brain has changed, 
because there's there's a reason why you're feeling that depression but that doesn't that cause is not in the brain it's not that you are broken it's that you are going through something so depression and anxiety are symptoms of an underlying cause depression and anxiety are clues or cues or warning signals as i like to call them of an underlying issue so the neurocycle neuro meaning brain cycle means is is a system i developed over 38 years ago based on heavy clinical trials and research and working for 25 years with in clinical practice with people with heavy problems like depression and and uh, TB, traumatic brain injuries and Alzheimer's and learning disabilities and autism and you know serious problems and I had to develop a system because the system that I was trained in was just oh well there's not much you can do for them just teach your patients to compensate because they didn't believe back in the 80s that the brain could change and I didn't agree with that so I started challenging that and did some of the first work in neuroplasticity in my field in the late 80s early 90s saying that if you can understand mind and manage your mind you can then change your mind so you can and that's that wise mind messy mind thing getting that relationship going and i wanted to know if that's the case can, does the brain change because if the mind's always changing the mind drives the brain then the brain changes and that is the case the brain is always changing so um i wanted to know how can we direct our mind to change our mind how can we get the messy mind wise mind thing going and how can we direct the change in the brain and therefore how can we change this vulnerability of our body right. so if we have been unmanaged in our messy minds and we've got all this and taken all this you know drugs and alcohol is there hope yes there is a resounding yes there is such hope your brain it will take time it's not going to happen overnight it happens in cycles of 63 days because that's the sort of healing time that's required for these cycles of healing to happen um, but it, you, there's a resounding yes, which is so hopeful. You can understand your mind and learn to manage your mind, which means manage mind management means getting the wise mind to talk to the messy mind. And that then means you direct the neuroplasticity of your brain. So you can literally design what you want your brain to look like. And, and this can be done in six, 63 days. Cycles of 63 days. So it doesn't mean you do one cycle of 63 days and your life's fine because you, you, you pretty much as a human, you are going to be battling with different things all the time. So as you fix one thing, the next thing comes up and that's just life. We don't know what's coming up tomorrow. No. So what I have is a system that I have put into place um, over these years that is how you, you live with your mind all the time. How can you manage it in whatever circumstance? So what we are doing at, at, at any one moment is we're living like now. We're having conversations. So we're using our mind. We can use through the neurocycle. You can learn to use your mind more efficiently in a conversation like this. You can also use the neurocycle to, to, to recognize the pattern of depression in your life or the pattern of toxic relationships in your life, whatever the patterns are. And because a pattern means that there's something established, which means there's something that happened and you haven't dealt with it. It's been suppressed in some way. And anything that's suppressed in your brain and your body that's toxic is creating that whole survival thing, threatening to survival imbalance thing I spoke about in the beginning. So how does your brain and body and mind make you wake up to the fact that you need to fix something inside of you? And the, the way you do that is to look at depression and anxiety and these other some these other emotional things not as diseases which is the current narrative which is totally unscientific and hasn't worked and has caused more problems but has but to look at it as a warning signal and to become a thought detective to think okay mm -hmm. depression is not a bad thing that i have to suppress anxiety is not a bad thing that i have to suppress and i know this sounds crazy because you think oh anxiety depression these are bad things no they're not bad things they are fantastic because they are messengers they are telling you they are warning signals saying hey 
embrace that depression. I know it feels terrible. I know it feels awful to feel anxious and have a panic attack. But there's a reason why you're showing up like that. There's a reason why you feel that. And you have the power to actually do the thought detective work to find out why. What is the underlying cause? And once you are aware of that, you can then basically reconstruct that or reconceptualize that into a thought that is now you controlling a pattern, a new pattern, neurological pattern in your mind that is that that you that enables you to change how that past is playing out into your future. So very simple scenario. When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're gonna love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code HEELSQUAD for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code HEELSQUAD. Trust me, you won't regret it. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> 
you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. You've lots of depression. You're waking up depressed, lots of depression. So instead of saying, oh my gosh, I've got to go to the doctor. I've got a neuropsychiatric brain disease. I've got a neurobiological, whatever wording you use. I've got a mental illness. Instead of saying that and thinking it's scary and you've just got to suppress it, throw that out the door and say, okay, I welcome this depression and anxiety. It's a helpful messenger. Immediately, the minute you shift that mindset, 1,400 neurophysiological responses in your brain, your body will start working for you instead of against you. So immediately you've shifted in the midst of feeling depressed, you're still feeling depressed, but you've had a shift in your body, your non-conscious mind and your brain. And you're not aware of that because your conscious mind is is different to the non-conscious mind. The conscious mind's only awake when you're awake. The non-conscious mind is awake 24 seven. It's the most intelligent part of you. It's the hugest part of you. And it is aware of things. It's doing the work to keep you balanced and keep you alive and driving your body and doing all that stuff. The conscious mind has to learn to work with the non-conscious mind to listen to the messages from the body and the brain and, and the mind to function in the correct way. And we designed to do this. We're brilliant. As humans, we are phenomenal. So mind management and self-regulation using the neurocycle is saying, okay, depression, I'm not scared of you. You're not an illness. You're not an it. Because I could have, and the reason why I say that is that I could have five people in front of me now, all the clinical diagnosis of, of depression, and it wouldn't help them one bit to have that diagnosis. Yes, maybe it, it's a sort of, okay, this is why I feel the way I do. But when, as time goes on, it's not solving your problem. You've got to know why do you feel depression? You've got to become curious about that signal. So you turn in because all five of those people would have five different stories about why they are feeling like that. So giving them a label and a drug isn't fixing the problem. It's like chopping the head off the weed in the garden. The weeds will grow back. So we have to say, okay, the depression is telling me something. So now when I've embraced that, I've changed the neurophysiology in my brain and my body and my mind, and now I've got more resilience. And now I can actually stand back and I can be in a more, a more um, in control, empowered state to be able to go and do the thought detective work, to become Hercules Poirot or Sherlock Holmes or whatever you want in terms of deconstructing and reconstructing the situation. And that takes cycles of 63 days and a very specific five-step process, which is what the neurocycle is. So it's a very deliberate conscious process that you would do to identify why you have that pattern. And you do it in five steps daily for, for um, five steps daily for around about 15 to 45 minutes. You do the five steps. We're going to talk about what they are yes. in a moment. But I want people to understand this is organized. When you, your brain, you, you know that the reason why I want to say this is, you know that feeling that, you do something, but you know you shouldn't be doing it. Or you're stuck in that rumination. You brought that up in the beginning somewhere along the, how we can get stuck ruminating about mm-hmm. thoughts. Or we can feel stuck emotionally. Yes. Or we have comments like, oh, that's my automatic brain responding. Or my reptilian brain. Other people use different terminology. Or that's in your fright and flight mode. Or you're in your freeze mode. Or it's stuck in your body. All of those are correct words. But the science behind that is that you have a toxic thought that is dominating you because the toxic if you look at this toxic thought it's got a root system 
and it's got branches like any tree look at this little tree over here there's a root system and there is the the, the branch system the root system let's look at the healthy one first is the origin story where did what where did this thing originate from the branches are your interpretation this is how you show up this is healthy so let's say it's this discussion now whatever i'm saying and the questions i'm asking you that goes in the roots because that's the source of this discussion this discussion the tree thought tree is called mental health or whatever um, cleaning up a mental mess the things we're discussing go in the root system your mind is converting the words etc into these protein roots but each person as you're building building the roots you're also building a, a corresponding branch which is your interpretation of how you understand this and at the end of this conversation you've got a whole lot of little root memories and a whole lot of branch memories and that's what you'll go and talk about and it's different for every person listening and that's the basic process we're all going through we do it just eight to eight thousand to ten thousand times a day we do this which is incredible okay mm -hmm. So, and to do this, we also draw on existing knowledge because as I'm telling you all of this, all kinds of thoughts are popping up in your mind that are existing thought trees that are then helping you to build this new one and they're connecting to the existing ones. So there's about 30 to 40,000 things going on in your head over a course of a day. That's a lot. And we can manage yes. that if we know what we're doing and we should be teaching this from very young. Okay, so this is healthy. Now let's go to this, this toxic tree. Now here's the root system, which is the origin. This is toxic. So this is maybe the abuse or the bullying or the issues that have happened in your life from COVID or the isolation that's happened or more specific, whatever. Yeah. And that's that's the that's the source, the origin. And then this is the interpretation. So maybe it's abuse and this is you, how you think and feel and, and choose about yourself, which is I'm shame, I'm can't form relationships, I'm responsible, I'm not worthy, I'm not valuable, whatever. And then this shows up as you can't form a relationship or eventually break down in complete anxiety or you suppress it for as much as, as long as you can and then it explodes in your life as major you just can't do anything your life to kind of just fall whatever so this as our life is falling apart as we have the depression instead of just current narrative would be falling apart depression oh you have clinical depression take this medication go for um hopefully a bit of therapy and hopefully the therapy will help you find the origin source, but the medication is not going to fix it. It's not, it's not fixing a chemical imbalance. It's not fixing like in diabetes or in um, the heart disease. We there'll be a, there's actually a disease process that the medication fixes. When it comes to mind, it's not the same rule. Depression doesn't have a neurological basis that you can go and fix with a drug. Okay, the drug just numbs your brain. So what we want to do is look at the depression, as I keep saying, as a warning signal, which then changes that neurophysiology. The fourteen hundred different responses work for you. Now you can look at this thing and you can deconstruct it. You, in, in, in a sense, what you're doing is you're embracing it to process it, to reconceptualize it, and this is then how you're going to get stuck out of that rumin, get out of that rumination, get out of those patterns in your life that are keeping you stuck. So there's a very systematized, organized way that you do this. And this is also not taught enough to kids in schools, to adults. This should be part of our educational process. It should be part of what we're doing all the time in therapy. You got you said that in the beginning. This is this is first cause. You you can go to your therapist once or twice a week, et cetera, but you still live with your mind. You wake up with your mind and you can't yeah. sleep. You you between sessions of therapy, you with your mind, you sitting with your mind now. How do you manage it? So the neurocycle is helping you to manage the big stuff that are showing up in patterns in your life and in a very systematized way, which we'll talk about now. But as you are also managed, you've also got to manage your life. You're, it's not just toxic things that are driving you. There's also the little day-to-day -day stuff, right. that the irritations and the little bad habits and things, those also need to be managed. 
what happens if just before this interview you got a whole bunch of stuff going on in your business that was just like you got hit left right and center with multiple different problems now you've got to get your head together and get into an interview you could use the you use the neurocycle to bring your mind back under control so in that so that's the basic principle so the 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 our overarching principle so the neurocycle is five steps that i've the, spend years scientifically looking at when you do step one, this happens in your mind, in your brain, and in your body. When you do step two and you do the sequence, you're building on this way of getting your mind to operate and to drive your brain to make your brain operate at its peak performance so that you have the right optimal blood flow and oxygen and connection between the different parts because each part's responsible for a different kind of action. And you've got balance in the in the wave energy and you've got your endocrine system functioning and your heart's doing what it's supposed to do. This is a whole body affair. So the neuro, the neuro cycle has been designed to help establish that as a base so that whatever else you do is going to then follow from there. So when you go to an exercise class, neurocycle before you get in or while you're in there to make sure you get the benefit out of it. If you go into go and do exercise, but your mindset is I'm worked up or I don't want to do this or I'm just going to get it over and done with, you'll lose 90% of the benefit of that exercise. If your mind's not right, you can be eating a healthy meal, farm to table, wild, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> but your mind's not right, this toxic depression or whatever's driving you, you're going to lose up to 80% so, of the nutritional so, value. So we apply, and I know we're going to go over the actual neurocycle, yeah. but we apply the neurocycle when we are feeling depression, but then we also apply it, is it before we go into a stressful situation? I know you mentioned working out. Like I didn't see it that way, but that's interesting. Is do, Maybe it's, it's a big job interview. Everything. Everything, because your mind is always with you. What I'm giving you is a system for mind management. Your mind is always with you. Your mind is first course. You want your mind to be optimum. And optimum mind function is getting the conscious mind to talk to the non-conscious mind, messy mind to work with the wise mind. And that requires a, 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 requires, um, a way of, of, of using your mind, and that's what the neurocycle is, that then preps you for whatever you need. So if it's a business meeting you're going into, if it's an exercise class you're going into, if it is a podcast interview you're going into, if it is just during the course of a the day as things pop up, managing those keeping your emotions under control so that your mind operates at its most efficient level what we want in a toxic in an acute trauma for example or an acute situation and varying degrees from extreme acute to maybe the minor acute things like a imposter syndrome from reading a toxic email or something you, you don't want to be thrown by those so this is where mind management comes in as well so because that can throw you and then affect your decision making if you are thrown into messiness without managing it you've immediately short affected your telomeres you've increased homocysteine which increases inflammation in your brain and your body you've activated the the immune system to send out immune factors you've raised cortisol you've i mean all these things you've affected your heart function you've increased things like prolactin which is also it's a hormone that is then directly related to emotional um, functioning um or you set your that's the vulnerability state then also you've dropped oxygen levels in the front of your brain you've de you've created an imbalance between the two sides of the brain and this is in varying degrees you've dropped blood flow you've got too much of what we call high beta not enough of gamma all these fancy things i'm saying which i describe in the book and that then means your next decision is going to be lacking in wisdom so no matter what happens to us we want to keep ourselves in the wise state so if you're trying to help a loved one through a crisis, if you're trying to help a business colleague, if you're trying to help just your your wife process something from the day, um, you know, I'm just like the, your kids, whatever, you want to stay in the wiser state all the time. So this is constant mind management and self-regulation. And neuroscientifically, we can do this every 10 seconds. We designed, in other words, while you're awake, 
you can self-regulate and you have veto power to override. Okay, sure, I was very snappy there. I got totally irritated. That person's response was negative. Um, I got mad back. I'm going to stop myself. That's what I'm talking about. How do I stop myself? You do the neurocycle. You, you become self-regulated. You start observing how you are functioning, how you're thinking, feeling, and choosing. And this is not going to happen overnight. But when you get into that state, that's when then you get to the point where I claim in my research and show from my clinical trials that you can get things like depression, anxiety, frustration, stress, burnout, et cetera, under control by 81%. And I mean, that doesn't mean that I don't still get depressed and anxious. Listen, I'm a human. So are you. All humans experience depression and anxiety. It's so normal. It's just a warning signal. It's a response. So it's not one in four have got depression. It's 100% of the population have depression, anxiety, panic attacks, but in varying degrees and in, depending on circumstances and situations and narratives. So what we've got to do is say, hey, we human, we battle with our mind, we battle with life, we get depression, we get anxiety. That is okay. Be kind to yourself. Accept it and manage it. I really love Dr. Leaf's perspective that our brains aren't flawed if we experience anxiety or depression, but that these are just indicators of a deeper issue. Basically, we should look at our emotions like signals and then start investigating our thoughts to tackle the root causes. Up next, we delve into Gabby's exploration of dismantling harmful belief structures by perceiving them through a lens of love. The core of who we are does not see separation. It's the developmental traumatic events throughout our life that have created racism, that have created uh, beliefs of better than and less than bullies and all of the separation that we see in the world that we live in today. So to undo those belief systems, we have to learn to see through the lens of love. This is something that I believe is being challenged for all folks right now. Because whether you feel like the victim of the world or whether you feel like the you're 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 grounded in your own belief systems about others, there is a tinge of love within us that's saying this doesn't feel right. So many people are going to get, you know, even more rooted in their separate belief systems. But if someone's listening to this book, this audiobook, they definitely have it within them to begin the practices of seeing through the lens of love. That practice is really about recognizing ourselves and other people, recognizing our interconnectedness, seeing ourselves in the shoes of somebody else. So having to, to go through a difficult situation and see somebody suffering and try to put yourself in their shoes for a moment to recognize and identify the, the pain and the suffering that they may be experiencing. Okay. I have a question on that. So I can put myself in the other person's shoes so much that I get confused <laughs> because if I can see all sides, then how do you find a solution if you see all sides? I think it's about releasing sides. The, the, so there's a lot, this is a big topic. There's a lot to unpack here. Okay. <clears throat> but if, there's two things. One is that you say that you see yourself in somebody else's shoes, you get overwhelmed. So that's that empathic nature that you have, which is one of the most beautiful characteristics that you have. But for many of us so-called empaths, we can also be at risk because we can start to take on the energy of others, take on the energy of people's fears, take on the energy of people's discomfort. So that may resonate with you. That's something just to continue to look at and be cautious of so that we don't become so overwhelmed because at that stage of overwhelm, we can't actually even 
do any good. Yeah. We're just sort of flat out in that chaotic state. The other element here is that when we recognize ourselves in somebody else or we try to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes and we feel that pain and suffering, we don't have to stay there, but we have to do something with it. We have to let that be a motivating factor to strengthen our own daily activism, to strengthen our voice when it comes to uh, helping others become less apathetic, to really awakening to the injustices in the world and not just sort of ignoring them or being present when it's when it's being asked of us, but being present all the time. The seeing through the lens of love also means that we can see our loved ones who trigger us through the lens of love, that we can recognize that someone who's attacking us is not necessarily a bad person, that they're just suffering and they're sick. Okay, so, but mm-hmm. how do you deal with that, though? So that's what I'm thinking about right now. I'm thinking about somebody who's deeply traumatized me, who is in a lot of pain, who has a lot of issues. And I'm like, oh, gosh, like, I, I think I just got to jump in and try to help figure it out for this person. Because I can understand, I can put myself in their shoes. But at the same time, I know what my shoes have felt like, too. So then you're mm-hmm. like, wait, where do you draw the line on people that hurt you? And say, this is not healthy for me. But sometimes you feel like you could help them back. I mean, it's kind of a confusing thing. I got you. You pray for them. I did, yeah. Keep going. because And and you release them. You forgive them and you release them. And forgiveness is a big part of that first step in the audible, which is really about recognizing that we may not have the actual ability to change someone, but we have the ability to change our perception of them. When we change our perception of them, we actually strengthen them. We give them more hope. We give them more faith. We give them more love. We give them the potential to change and grow on their own. We've released them of the judgment and the attack that we've placed upon them. So it's the answer really is quite much more simple than you've been making it. You don't have to fix anything. You pray. Mm. And you pray for them to have everything you want for yourself. You pray for them to be free from whatever it is that's plaguing them and making them attack in the ways that they have. It's big. So you pray, but then also it's kind of your shift in your energy that they'll feel on the other end. Oh, 100%. So when we forgive or when we pray or when we surrender something or someone, it can get resolved naturally because we have released it. It's when we're trying to control something that we get in the way, that we get in the way of the healing, that we get in the way of the manifestation, that we get in the way of the of the natural order of things. Ooh. Yeah. Not easy when you're controlling kind of type A. Controlling is the... <laughs> when you're like, oh, I think I could fix this. And, and um, this is what this person needs. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, okay. Hmm. These jars, by the way, are my new favorite thing in quarantine. <laughs> what is it? Just a mason jar? A mason jar, but I really just have like this like <laughs> joy of drinking out of a straw. Oh, same. Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm only asking for a friend, guys. This is not for me. I'm asking for a friend. No, but seriously, I'm asking because I know so many people are in these situations. And I know because I know <laughs> I'm not the only one. And if you can guide me through, you're guiding them through it, because especially where everyone's living with each other, maybe they weren't living with them before, they're confronted with these things so head on in such a big way. 
Um, and it could be in the world. It could be in your home. Um, it's, it's challenging. Yeah. And, and, and some of it is just having the willingness to forgive. You don't have to know how to forgive. You become willing to forgive. And that willingness is a prayer in itself. Interesting. Okay. Um, seeing through the lens of love. Um, surrender to creative solutions. This one's great. Great, great, great. We all need it more than we've ever needed it before. When everything around us is changing, we have to change with it. So are we going to resist the change or are we going to surrender to it and welcome creative solutions? So this is a practice about really opening up our receptivity to identify and recognize that when we get back into alignment with what I refer to as spirit or God or universe or super attractor power, energy of love, when we get back into alignment with that presence, that's when we can start to hear and listen to the intuitive guidance that's available to us at all times. It's when we push and control, like we were saying before, that we actually deflect those creative solutions. So through surrender, we open up to creative solutions. And in this, uh, in this message, I give a lot of practices on how to surrender and how to release attachments so that those creative solutions can be revealed to us. It's imperative that we live in a, a way of, of opening up to creative solutions at this time, because otherwise we are going to be really uncomfortable. Yeah, well, if you don't, you're that person that's just hanging on to the past and complaining about what was and why it isn't anymore. Um, mm. And what people don't realize, I think, is that exactly what you said, you get stuck and it's not good for you. The rest of the world's going to keep moving on, right? Mm. So you might have a few people, as, as Kevin will say, on the bar stool next to you complaining with you. Cool. But you guys are just going to stay there, Right. It, it doesn't take a lot to just kind of get over that next hurdle. And, you know, I always say if, if you have to surround yourself with different people, you do whatever it takes to kind of get your mojo back to kind of on yeah. track, right? Yeah. And creative solutions are given to us when we align with the desire, when we really let go, when we release that control. You, anyone watching probably has had an experience maybe at some point of, kind of giving up, like giving up control or practicing surrender or just saying like, I guess I can't do anything about it. And then something wildly synchronistic can step in or an idea that we couldn't otherwise have had. So surrender and surrender more, allowing those creative solutions to come through. Yeah. So what's um, what's a good example um, that you share in the book for a solution? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I have a personal experience, actually, that's not in the book recently that I can give an example of. But I was trying to sort of uh, fix something that I had, a mistake I had made, right? And I was trying to, with a a friendship, with a relationship, and I was trying to force it and force it and force it. and, And everything just kept getting worse because the more I tried to control the outcome, the worse it got. So I got into a daily habit, a daily prayer practice of just just offering it up and saying, I don't know the answer, but I'm willing to receive creative solutions. And just affirming that I don't have the answer. I'm willing to receive creative solutions. And this happened even just two days ago, where once I just let it go 
everything started to just relax. I started to feel better about it. I didn't have so much tension in that friendship anymore. And all of a sudden, the next morning I woke up and I heard, do this thing. I'm not going to say it out loud because I don't want to give too much away, but do this specific thing. It was like an inner wisdom, an inner guidance system. And it was the exact thing I needed to do to really resolve the situation. So it was giving it away that allowed it to be presented to me. And so I think that anytime we uh, really say, this is not for me to figure out, I'm going to give it over. That's when an inspired idea can come through. So if you're holding on to something right now, the outcome of a job, the outcome of a relationship, if you're trying to control another person, whatever it is that you're holding on to, just get into this prayer. I can't control this. I'm open to a creative solution. Or just even simply saying, I welcome creative solutions. That affirmation is a prayer to the universe. That affirmation is a form of surrender. And when we start to get into the habit of it, that message alone has the power to heal. And that's actually the cool thing about this book is that that there's practices in every single message, several practices in every message, but there's also just the simplicity of saying the message out loud. Mm. If you just say the message out loud, it has power. Got it. I have a question. So ever since I started studying, you know, all of these, you know, these things in the universe, whether it's um, through you and through Esther Hicks and all of that, I've been confused in my prayers. Am I asking God or am I asking the universe? Is that a weird thing? No, it's all semantics, really. <laughs> just my, all my work is about helping people. And, and I think it was in my book, The Universe Has Your Back. There's a whole lesson on how to create a faith statement. Mm-hmm. What's so important about that, it might have been in Super Tractor, might have been in Universe. I, I don't even remember. They're all like one book now. But that message, that practice is so valuable because we just need to, it, it doesn't matter what words we call on it's that we call upon it whatever it may be for us so i always say i don't care what you call it all i care about is that you call upon it so if there's there's a word you could use those words interchangeably universe god spirit grandma whatever you want or you can just really claim what that means to you based on your religious beliefs or based on Mm -hmm. a faith statement or based on something that you channel as you're writing whatever it needs to come through will come through for you cool um, by the way, I really love Dear Gabby too. That keeps like popping into my head and I'm like, oh my God, it's so genius. Oh yeah, I'm telling you, it's the thing. I can't wait to hear more about it. Um, the third one is inspired action clears the path. What do you mean by clears the path? Mm, okay. So this is a great one because whenever we are stuck, it's because we are disconnected from spirit. So spirit meaning inspiration. And so as my late mentor and friend, Dr. Wayne Dyer would say, when we're in spirit, we're inspired. When we are feeling stuck, but we then take any action that's that's coming from a place of inspiration, that stuckness starts to unravel. So for instance, let's say, uh, you know, I like to cook. So if I'm feeling really stuck or I'm having a, a hard day or something's up for me or relationship suffering, I can go downstairs and cook. And that's really inspiring for me. And I'll put on some music and I'll make a meal. And just in an hour, I can change my energy because I've taken an inspired action. So it will clear out whatever it was that was blocking me before. Ooh. Any inspired action 
It doesn't have to be an action that's towards a goal. It can just be any inspired action will clear the path. But if you are actually trying to do something, let's say you're trying to attract a new job or get a new job right now, instead of every single day waking up and being like, it's terrible, there's so much unemployment, there's no jobs for me, blah, 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 I'm getting so stuck in the story, just stay in daily actions that are inspiring to you. Your energy will change. You'll become more of a magnet. And I guarantee you, you'll have a much easier time getting landing that next job. I, I can promise it. I promise it. Yeah. Inspired action clears the path. I mean so, it. So, so true. So true. I mean, the laws of attraction have, have proven that, right? It really is. It really is. Because when you're inspired, you're in spirit. And when you're in spirit, you're a super attractor. You're a magnet. So cool. That's so helpful to remember. Um, next, number four is in stillness we receive. This one is my go-to. We always come back to it. It's meditation. It's being in stillness. It's really allowing ourselves to get into alignment with our breath, with our inner inner wisdom, our inner an inner state of stillness allows an inner state of peace within us. So this may be new for someone. They may have met, never meditated before. The beauty is there's several meditations throughout the Audible Original, and they're really be, they're very easy meditations. And the next message is actually loving kindness meditation. And the message in this one is really just about grounding and and getting still and 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 really clearing the stagnant energy, because when we actually allow ourselves to be still. Again, that's when inspiration can move through. It's when we're in that frenetic state that we are controlling, mm -hmm. that we are blocking, we're trying to make things happen. So a stillness practice is required of all of us, I believe, at this time. How often are you in stillness? And is it total stillness, total quiet? Yeah, I meditate in the morning right when I wake up. Uh, then I have a 40-minute meditation practice from 12 to 12.40 every day except for Wednesday. I stop at 12.30 for Dear Gabby, but 12.40, I meditate. So for 40 minutes midday. It's also just at that point where I really need like a recharge. Mm -hmm. uh, that 40 minutes is just, just super recharging for me and energizing for me. I love it. Number five, compassion creates connection. This one has some amazing methods in it. There's a loving kindness meditation in this one. This one it's it's the most important thing we could be applying in our life right now. I know that I keep saying that about every single message, but this one's the big one. We have to develop a level of compassion for ourselves and for others. What I've done in this uh, message is also giving you practices for how to develop a way of speaking to yourself that's a more kind and compassionate method of, of, of communicating to yourself. Because I actually posted this the other day that say nice things to yourself. You're the only one listening, right? Huh. So we're always, you know, just often just putting ourselves down or attacking ourselves in really sad ways. And so we have to do our part to really become more conscious of how we treat ourselves with our thoughts and our words. This, this message and this, this, this part of the book will really give the listener this great ability to start to develop self-compassion when we start to develop self-compassion, it's much easier to be compassionate towards others. Very true. Uh, the last one is you are the guru. So a lot of people don't know what that even means. Mm -hmm. um, so let's start off with what 
it actually means and how do you unlock the power of yeah. that guru inside of you? Well, what happens for anyone that embarks on a personal growth journey, whether it be spiritual or whether it be a Tony Robbins or something that's going to be, uh, that's going to change you from the inside. Whenever we make that kind of commitment, we start to identify a part of ourselves that is the voice of love, the voice of our higher self, the voice of, of wisdom, the voice of compassion, the voice of inspiration, the voice of connection, the voice that sees through the lens of love. Uh, in IFS therapy and internal family systems, it call, it's called the self or the big S. So it's, it's that, that inner being within all of us that is the teacher. It's the, it's the voice that says, you got this. It's the voice that says, the, you, the, here's a moment of compassion. It's the voice that gives you the strength when you have so much doubt. And it's the voice that can be there to support all the other parts of you that may be crumbling when things are falling apart. So this final chapter, this final message is about really accepting, honoring, acknowledging, and developing the teacher within each of us to recognize that no person outside of us can be our teacher, can be, can be, mm-hmm. really can be our teacher, but they can't be our guru. They can't be our source of, of inspiration or love. Because if we make anyone else outside of us that source, that person, when that person fucks up, because they will, Maria, you know, mm-hmm. they will. Something will get messed up. Yep. When that, when that idol falls, you fall with them. Yeah. So you have to learn to rely on the inner wisdom and strength within you and develop a connection to that higher self so that, yes, you can learn from others. Yes, you can be inspired by others. Yes, you can be mentored but you're not going to put your well-being, happiness, safety, security, inspiration, joy in the hands of another human. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. 
So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.